0: Oh, thank you so much everybody for being here. What a joy to worship Jesus together. So we've been in this conversation. This is uh, um, my chicken scratch, Living Proof, um, where we've been walking through some of these, these key phrases about what we're going after as a church. And I love uh, one of my friends on his church website, you know, everyone has mission, vision, values. He's like, the church doesn't get to actually choose its mission. Jesus told us what our mission is. You know what I'm saying? So I love, this is just giving language to what Jesus said we're to be about as his people, but in a kind of clever way that you can remember it. So our mandate is, we live an on earth as it is in heaven lifestyle. And we've been unpacking that for four or five weeks, so you can go check out our podcast uh, teachings, et cetera. And this is where we've been stuck. on what does it mean to live an on earth as it is in heaven lifestyle? This is where we're headed. I'm giving you the whole talk now in one slide, and then we're going to unpack it, (laughs) okay? So this is sort of the thesis, and at the end, you'll see the same slide with a different heading. But here's some of the things we're going to be talking about, that Jesus is the king of the kingdom. Jesus' whole life, in one way, shape, or form, was about establishing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. This was his mandate, and because we're in him, and he says, follow me and be formed into my likeness and image, this is your mandate as well. Jesus lived a life of prayer, and therefore, he lived a life of, that was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus loved the Father so much, everyone say, so much, that he was willing to obey him no matter the cost or the consequence. Why? Because for Jesus, love for the Father equaled obedience to the Father. Therefore, everyone say, therefore, This is where we're headed. We also must cultivate a life of prayer because we need the power of God to enable us to love and obey Him too. Who agrees with that? We're going to need resources that do not come springing from our own ingenuity, talent, ability, pay grade. We need power from on high to live as Christ has modeled for us and called us to follow after Him. So, this is where we're headed. He's the King. I'm not going to say this light again because it's there for you're looking. So when Jesus' ministry began, after he came through the waters of baptism, his message, he's just continuing, his, he's bringing John the Baptist's message for, uh, further and forward. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Uh, one early church father called him the autobasileia, the, the, the kingdom in person. Everywhere Jesus is going, the king and his kingdom is breaking out. What God wants, wills, wishes, and desires is happening in real time where the king is manifesting love for his father and obedience to his father's word and way. This is the kingdom of God. And so what Jesus is doing, Dallas Willard, what was unprecedented with Jesus is he was announcing the availability to enter the kingdom in real time by responding to him and his ministry to come out of the kingdoms of this world, and in particular, from the John eight forty four, the, the the father of lies, the Ephesians 2, 1 through 2, the, the ruler of the air, the, the spirit that's in work and those who are disobedient, we need to be transferred and rescued from the kingdom of darkness and be established as royal sons and daughters in the kingdom of our God. So this is what repentance is. Repentance is that we dethrone ourselves. We say we are crummy little kings and queens to run our own kingdoms. We'd rather enter your kingdom because of Hebrews 12, 26 through 29. Your kingdom is the only kingdom that will endure forever. How many believe that? Kingdoms rise and kingdoms fall, but only one kingdom will endure and outlast them all, the kingdom that rests on the Isaiah 9, 6, the shoulders of King Jesus. Are we tracking So when he's saying repentance, he's like, this is the best invitation you've ever been given. Come out of every other crummy counterfeit kingdom that you're trying to build or the guy or gal next to you, come into my kingdom under my rule and my reign. Therefore, this again is back to that slide of, of our thesis, Jesus's whole life, teaching, training, modeling, ministry, miracles, death, resurrection, were in some way, shape, or form related to this happening the kingdom of God being inaugurated, established, and entered by those who would respond to the ministry of Jesus. Isn't that insane? That we can enter into his story, his life, his purpose? This is what what, what Willard uh, powerfully brings out for us as he was announcing the availability. It's here. You don't have to wait to enter it someday. Enter now through repentance and faith. And so Jesus' whole life was about us doing this, revealing the Father, establishing the kingdom, living in perfect obedience to the Father's will, so that when he laid down his life, his blood was sufficient as the pure and spotless atoning sacrifice for all sin, so that he could rise again, pour out his spirit, and create in his grace and through his love a new humanity, who now, Galatians 4.19, our whole life is now about being formed into the image of the one who came to restore us to himself. Isn't that amazing? That's, that's, that's our story, and that's what Jesus is up to today. So while Jesus lived this life, we're, I'm going to show you a few passages here in this, these next few that I think cue us in. If we want to take serious living and on-earth-as-it-is-in-heaven lifestyle, then we should probably look how the king lived his life and lifestyle so that we can have a shot at it. Are you tracking with me? <laughs> Thank you for the front row. Come on. That helped me. I'm going to move on. That helped me, Reese. So if we're going to live an on earth a doesn't heaven lifestyle, I want to look at the one who's bringing the rule and reign of God into real-time, ordinary human life, and that is King Jesus. So Jesus, this is just a spattering of some of our our. Uh, When you go through John's gospel, you just see it on every page. So I'm going to go very fast here. This is just little references to make a point. Jesus could say that his food while he lived on the earth was what? Bread and fishes. No, I'm kidding. Okay, um, yes, bread and fishes as well. We see him eat it. But it's to do the will of, of his father, to finish his work. Everyone say, do his will, finish his work. This was actually nourishing the son of God obedience was his food. As he's obeying, he's feasting. And, and this is why his disciples, in John 4, the, the setting is, this: you know, the Samaritan woman's there, and the disciples went into town because they're actually hungry. They're, they're natural bellies. Mine is actually growling. I'm hungry as well. And they come back, and he's like, my food. is like, does someone bring him food? He's like, no, dude, in real time, I'm obeying my Father. And this is bringing nourishment. How many believe? Many now there are many malnourished believers among us because we want to obey in theory but not in actuality. I wrote a whole teaching on like malnourished Christianity, where it's uh, even one of my 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 mentors friends, John Tyson said this: just because you resonate with something doesn't mean you've obeyed it. And in a social media culture, when you can see everyone's podcast, what their their sweet quote, the theology book they're reading, you're like, yes, yes, I agree, great, great. And the Holy Spirit's like, but actually have you obeyed that you're like no my spiritual tummy is grumbling he's like my food is to do the will of him who sent me how many know we honestly in the west especially we're not necessarily lacking content as i was running a couple weeks ago the lord's like what we lack are opportunities and outlets just to simply obey we have obedience issues I and mean, this is like, and I felt like the Lord reminded me a couple weeks ago again on a prayer walk that uh, oh, there's not a greater accelerator for maturity in the Lord than just being committed to obey the next thing. And when you blow it, you're the first to confess it, and you just keep on walking with Jesus. But obedience is like the miracle grow of the kingdom. The most mature person in this room is not the one, contrary to like how the world works, who can just rattle off the most facts about Jesus or quote the most scriptures. I wish it were but that's not the equivalent of our maturity, amen? It's are we willing to just do what he says and partner with him? So Jesus is committed to feasting on doing the will of his dad. That took way too long. We won't go as far on these next few ones. And this is why he says, I can do nothing. I can only do what I see the father doing. This is what the, this is what the son's doing. And then verse 30, I don't even judge myself. I judge only as I what? As I hear so I won't do anything I'm not seeing. I won't make a judgment apart from what I'm hearing. And my real food is just when I'm doing what my father's revealing for me to do. Are we seeing the sequence here about Jesus's life and lifestyle? Just so, so, so we're not confused at all. I love when the crowds just got fed and Jesus like, just, I love when Jesus steps in and just brings a moment of clarity. He's like, I have come from heaven for one thing, to do the will of him who sent me. This is my, this is what I'm here for to obey, and to do what the Father told me to do. And when you've lifted up the Son of God, you'll realize everything I taught didn't come from me. It was what my Father taught. And the one who's with me, because he's not left me alone, I always do what pleases him. We'll skip those. I think you guys are getting the point. I love John 12, and then we'll just end with this and make a few comments to transition. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. And I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. And as you just look, and I just gave you a brief spattering of of the life and lifestyle of the king who lived the on earth as it is in heaven lifestyle. And we're following after him. He is the pattern and prototype that we're to pattern our lives after. He was the perfect servant of the Father. He lived out of his vision. He exhibited his virtues, and he was releasing his values in every deed and act through his character, etc. So in the light of how he chose to live, which was in love-inspired obedience, refusing to live independently of the Father but in close proximity and intimacy with the Father— Interestingly, the only thing the disciples asked Jesus, even though they saw all of his miracles, all of his teachings, all the the, you know, the the crowds of, of feeding, all of the water walking. Like I probably would have asked, How'd you teach us to walk on water? Wouldn't you? I mean, let's be honest. Jesus, how'd you do it? Teach us how to walk on water. Or at least Jesus teach us how to heal the sick. Jesus, teach us, but what is the one? So this is how he lived the king establishing the kingdom. But what's the one question the disciples asked Jesus to teach them? Not a sneaky. Lord, teach us how to pray. So somehow, we're doing on earth as it is in heaven. They saw something it exhibited in the Son of God and how he related to the Father and how that connection enabled him to do all that he did. They're like, we gotta know how to connect with him like you do. How many know prayer is about relationship and connection with God. There's a billion styles and phrases and f- frameworks, and we'll get to that. I actually printed off some helpful flyers, really helpful to just grow in praying for others. You can pick them up as you go. I printed off the little four by five cards. But interestingly, the one thing they're like, Will you, Jesus, teach us how to pray. We wanna know how you're relating to the Father the way you're relating to him, how you're accessing his resources, how you're able to do things that no man has ever been able to do like teaches how to commune and connect with him, and this is just a screenshot. You know that you can just take a photo. When did Jesus pray? Uh, in the morning, often, every day, at night, before big decisions, for the faltering faith of his disciples, before the cross, on the cross, and it's his ongoing, current occupation where he lives to intercede. So, again. On earth as it is in heaven, look at the king. The king is like, I'm just here to do his will because I love him so much, I'm gonna obey him. Well, how are you able to do that? Teach us to pray, here's his prayer life. so So again, the thesis, we're gonna get there. So there's a direct correlation to on earth as it is in heaven, obeying no matter the cost or consequences, but the prayer is this posture of life that connects you to the source you will need and I will need to actually love him to the end. Do you know it's going to take God's power for you and I to endure the opposition that is and is coming to overcome and to have an overcoming vibrant faith? Who believes we're going to need a little bit of help from above to do that? For the self-sufficient, self-righteous, and proud, you're the only category that Jesus actively resists. God opposes the proud, right? James 4, 6. But he gives grace to the, I would argue, saying yes to a life and lifestyle of prayer is the, quintessential life to say, I can't, but you can, help me, Lord. I'm, I'm spiritually bankrupt, Matthew 5-3, I'm poor in spirit, but you said the poor in spirit get the kingdom, because they know where their power lies. They know where the resources they desperately need flow from. How many believe he has enough for all of us in this room, for every person on the planet, if we would humble ourselves and say yes to the pattern of Jesus? And what did Jesus teach us to pray? So that's, that, so that's just a spattering, if you just take some of the gospel, I love that slide. Look up all of those references yourself, you'll see it's true. And so he teaches them, this is how you should pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, say it with me, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in many ways, when we think about how does the kingdom come, how does what God wants, how is it actually carried it out? I'm sorry to be super simplistic this morning, but the kingdom comes where the king's will is being done. Duh. Right? But you're like, I want to see more of the kingdom activity. I want to see Jesus like do his thing more in my life. And he's like, when you do my will, that's where the kingdom's coming. On earth as it is in heaven. The crosshairs of that is a, a disciple who knows they can't, he can't, he did, and he will, and he has resources I'm submitted to his lordship, I'm walking in his yoke, Lord, pour out your power so that I can obey the next thing that the Lord shows me to obey. And in that, that, tra- that not that transaction, I don't like that phrase, in that exchange, the kingdom of God is being manifest and being established. Chad, I want the kingdom of God, I want, the, I want God's wisdom, God's, God's understanding, I want God's version and vision of life that actually leads to full and satisfying, flourishing life, I want that to be true of my family. I would just say humbly, say yes to prayer because you're going to need help from above and just obey the next thing he says to do. And in that exchange, the kingdom is going to be expanding and through your life. Does that make sense? It sounds like not very... look Look what he says again. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So the reason the king... And the kingdom is breaking out. And what happens in the kingdom? The easiest descriptor is Matthew 11. Go tell John the Baptist, yes, I am the Messiah you've been hoping for. Tell him that the blind see, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the good news is preached to the poor. Tell him that all the things Israel's been longing for to see manifest are happening in me and through me and among those who receive and respond to my ministry. This is where the kingdom of God is being established. And why was his kingdom coming? I just gave you the five slides from John's gospel because Jesus was just obsessed with, I love my dad so much, I'm gonna obey him no matter the cost or consequence. In that exchange of obedience, pff, the kingdom of God has a place to land, to be established. Are we tracking? Is this too hard? Too, is it simple enough? So like, what is, what? okay, okay. We, we're good. Yeah. Obedience, love, obedience, prayer. There's the connection, the three things. That's, that's the whole talk. Okay, this is why I think this is why he prayed so much. I don't think Jesus struggled with being distant from his father. I think he modeled for us to show us, if this is how much time I, I need FaceTime with Father, with Abba, then you guys probably ought to take it from me that you're gonna need to spend time with him too because out in the real world, when like you're actually in the test and the trial and the adversity and like the stress of life, you are going to need to be tapped into that river, that Psalm 1 river, Ezekiel 47 river, that has resources to nurture and nourish a life that can grow and bear the weights and the fruit of the kingdom of God, the fruits of the Spirit. So don't worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. Your heavenly father knows that you need them. Say that phrase with me. Your heavenly father knows that you need them. But read it with me. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be given to you as well. For tom- okay, therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So not only does Jesus teach us to pray, your kingdom come. Now what is he telling us to do? Seek. Everyone say seek. How many think that armchair Christianity is God's vision for you and for me? Oh, it all just happened for me and to me. Go ahead, God, do your thing. No, the Greek word is zeteo. It's this fervent Seeking. It's like we're not going to accidentally stumble upon a life of fruitfulness and flourishing and fullness. Come on, somebody. This is Dallas Willard again. Grace is not opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. But the grace of God actually enables us to become seekers of God. How many believe there's grace to be a seeker? Not just a seeker when I feel like it or when like things are going my way, but a seek-first kind of believer. Did you know that that seek first is not like a suggestion? It's a safeguard for God. If he's like, if you put me and my priorities and my presence first, I'll actually take care of all the things you spend all of your hours, resources, worrying about if it's gonna happen. Seek me, put me first, yield to my, to my reality, and watch what I'll do with the rest of the life that you're just running. Ra- Anyone run ragged trying to take care of all the other things he said don't worry about? Every hand should be raised, if we're honest. So this is actually a safeguard. It's the same thing Paul says when he says, rejoice in the Lord, I'll say it again, rejoice. He's like, why? This is a safeguard. If you settle the issue and keep re-upping the issue of worship and alignment and agreement with the king and his kingdom, I will take care of a thousand things that's tri- that are just killing you, weighing you down. Seek first. What does it mean to seek first his kingdom? It means to seek God's eternal commitments and concerns and causes, And then his righteousness is to be formed into his character and participate in his ongoing conduct. His kingdom is, What's these are his his eternal concerns, his purposes, his will, his wisdom. And his righteousness is being formed and transformed into his character and participating in his conduct. And so the kingdom of God, this is uh, after reading several books on on the topic, I came up with this definition of five Ps. I can't help it, guys. Get over it. I don't care. So what is the kingdom of God? It's the range of, there's like a billion way smarter people that have written extensively volumes. But to summarize, it's where God's empowering presence is filling, forming, and flowing through God's people in every place they practice and proclaim the way of the king. It's wherever the king is, that's his presence. It's wherever the king's people are being formed in the way of their king. And it's in every single place that we're willing to practice and proclaim. Another way to say that is obey, but obey doesn't start with P. (laughs) So how many believe on earth as it is in heaven is not just a catchy theological term. It's actually what we're called to do. If that's true, God's presence filling us, forming us, and then flowing through us. Every place God's people find themselves where they're practicing, obeying Jesus' way, and they're proclaiming his way. That is the environment where the kingdom of God is being manifest. Oh, I'm going to skip that. I'm going to skip that. Why is obedience such a big deal? Those slides were really good, but we're going to skip them. Uh, Because if you love me, keep my commands. This is such a deep, complicated talk, Chad. I know. Love, love me, love me and obey me. Love me and obey me. Jesus says, whoever has my commands in John 14, 21, and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Fourteen twenty three. anyone who loves me will, sh- will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come, how's this promise, and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. John 15, we're almost done. This is good. If, you, if you lo- As the Father loved me, so have I love you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Why is obedience a big deal? Because love for God is a big deal. Say that with me. Because love is a big deal to God. Why all this talk of obedience, dude? Because it's God's love language. It is. I, I mean, I, I, and by the way, after I wrote these slides, I'm like, oh, I forgot one. John 14, 29 through 31. Jesus is like, the, the devil's coming. He has no hold on me. There was never a place he gave the enemy to land because it was all the territory was given over to his father in love. But he's like, He's coming. Now is the hour of darkness. He's going back to John chapter 12 when he said, I'd be lifted up to show his death. And he's like, but the world has to know how much I love my father in this moment. The enemy's coming. You're all going to grieve. You're going to experience those pains. He compares it to a a, a woman who uh, is bearing a child. It's going to be painful. The world's going to be rejoicing. You're going to be grieving, but don't worry all of this is because the world needs to have a front row seat to the links I'm willing to go to show how much my, I love my father. And by the way, it wasn't just his love for the father. It was father and son's love for the world that Jesus was like, this has to happen. I've come to do his will. And his will, John 6, is that all who look to the son, he'll raise up and they'll have eternal life. So why is obedience such a big deal? Because love is such a big deal to the Lord when he was asked what's the greatest commandment y'all know this passage love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul with all your mind all your strength love your and the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself so we've made the argument good or bad we've attempted to make the brief argument the king of the kingdom is jesus jesus couldn't think of a world where I, I remember I was reflecting on this a couple weeks ago. I shared this. It was just like a little one-liner in passing, but it was inconceivable for the world in which Jesus, the pre-incarnate, uncreated Son, experienced with the Father. It was un- inconceivable that in his earthly ministry what, what it looked like there, it had to look like here. Just imagine for all eternity, fellowship, joy, intimacy, friendship, partnership, delight between Father, Son, and Spirit, and he's here as a man, inconceivable. And his whole life while he's here, a little brief 33-ish, 33 and a half year life, he's living that life and lifestyle of prayer, showing us this is how you bridge the gap, this is how you access and pull on the resources that you're going to need to love me and to obey me and to continue in my on earth as it is in heaven lifestyle. And so I just wrote this, again, their alliteration, I can't help it, I already said that, so I won't say it again. In prayer, we find access through Jesus to God. We have acceptance in Jesus. We come into alignment and agreement with Jesus. We receive the anointing from Jesus. We, we, he, he then gives us his authority through Jesus. And ultimately, I think the highest form of prayer is abiding in Jesus, where it's just intimacy, friendship. It's not about the, the amount of words or the articulation of our language. It's just being. Being. Realizing I have no, literally have no life apart from him. So to, t- to trace the thread, <laughs> how do we do? Jesus is the king of the kingdom. His whole life was about establishing the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Because this was his mandate, he lived a, a life of prayer because he knew he needed that power, that dove that rested on him. He couldn't afford for it to lift for a moment. How many believe we all struggle a little bit with this thing called self-reliance and self-sufficiency? The son of God didn't do that. The dove landed and it never left. Isn't that crazy? And so like, how do we know that? When did he pray? I already gave you this slide. Often, morning, every day. He just lived that life of intimacy, friendship, reliance, father. Jesus loved the father so much he was willing to obey no matter the cost or consequence. Why? Because love equaled obedience, and beloved, this small little talk, hopefully you're provoked to say, man, maybe I should look at my life and realize there's probably some cultivation that needs to happen. The thing about when you talk about prayer, everyone in the room's like, I don't feel that good about it. So you can go one of two ways. You can feel condemned and ashamed, or you can say yes to the grace of God to grow this week. Who wants to go the first path? Well, I don't pray. I'm kind of. I never. I just live autonomous and self-reliant, self-sufficient. I won't try this week. Or the grace of God's like no. There's grace for you today. Jesus showed us how do I live and on earth as it look to the son, look to the King of the Kingdom. He's the Kingdom in person. And Jesus taught us it's the one thing. And by the way, so that's Luke 11. Teach us to pray. And then when the disciples in in Mark 9, I had this, I erased it, but now I'm giving it to you anyway. So it was teach us to pray. And then when the disciples could not do what Jesus called them to do, read Mark chapter 9. Remember the boy demonized? The disciples in chapter 6 already were anointed. They were healing, casting out demons. This one, they met a demon they couldn't cast out. And they're like, Jesus, why couldn't we do it? He goes, this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. So it's like the one thing they, they said, teach us to do. And the one thing that they, that Jesus told them, the reason you couldn't do what I called you to do is because you lost connection, right? Prayer, prayer. And why do you need prayer? Because you're going to need power. Why do you need power? Because to love and obey is not for the faint of heart. See the connection We we just need God to do the God stuff. Right? We're gonna need the king's presence to be an on earth as it is in heaven, to a disciple, believer. And that doesn't come to us just like, oh God, if you feel like it today. This is why Jesus like pray it and then seek it first. Seek first my kingdom. Again, look up that word seek. It's a beautiful word. Like this isn't just this isn't something that's passive. A lot of things in the Christian life are passive. Like the gift of his right. Like we would just respond and receive. We're recipients. But so much of those of us who feel stuck in our Christianity and our discipleship is we thought God was going to do something to us, but he already did that something to us. Now he wants us to walk with him and stay in step with his spirit. Galatians 5.25. How many believe staying in step will take and require a decision of our will? Do you believe that? I'm not satisfied. My Christianity is boring. I feel like I'm stuck for 25 years. Obedience is the miracle growth of the kingdom. I can't, I mean, you'll spend, I'll spend the rest of my life and then I'll spend forever being a student of God's glorious goodness. I mean, when we see him face to face, then we'll know fully. Ah, I read that this morning. Ah. We're gonna be endless students on a quest of discovering his beauty. But beloved, that journey is available to us now to enter into it. And I'm saying, saying yes to this little slide. You're the king. I'm in your kingdom, apart from no merit of my own. But Lord, now that I'm in your kingdom, I want to adopt the patterns, the rhythms, the routines that the king himself walked in so that the power, the presence, the peace, the proximity he had with you, Father, he, he wants that to be my experience as well. Why? Because Lord, I want to obey you and I'm gonna need help doing that. Because love matters to you. And then I, I had a I had I had a sheet, but I'm not gonna go there. This is this is like another four by five card. If you're like, I don't know what to pray. Well, there's like eight things you can pray. And they all start with P. Dang it, it's annoying now. It's like actually <laughs> annoying. I just love alliteration. The Lord talks to me fully in alliteration. Like <laughs> So it's helpful for somebody, okay? I don't know what to pray when I pray. I, I'm, I'm, I run out of words. Well, grab a hold of this. So how do you want to respond this morning? How many say, this week, Chad, there, I know for a fact that I left grace on the table because of my neglect to obey something the Lord put on my heart. But this week, by God's grace, I'm going to obey that thing. This week, that prompting. Here's, here's like sort of my theology and my theory. I'd rather look like a fool seeking just to obey the next thing than being a dignified, bench-warming believer that's like, I don't think that applies to me. Nah, I'd rather not. No, I'd rather just like, It's not like, listen, it could be this, if I don't do it, he won't love me. I'm not saying that's not Christianity. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. I'm just saying, let's get on the field called love and obedience in the power of the Holy Spirit by adopting a lifestyle of prayer so that we'll have resources to just try to obey. Stumble and fall. If you're stumbling and falling with a heart to love and obey, you're falling forward, not backwards. There's a difference between, man, I tried and I blew it, than when I'm backsliding. And I want you to know the gospel is the remedy. Read all of Jeremiah 30 through 33. I remember I was in, that, I was in a cycle for a season. There's a beautiful promise there where it says, I will cure their backsliding. So this, it's not, oh, and then another season of I'm just running away. No, I believe right now today in the grace of God, you and I can be those. Even though we may stumble, we're falling forward because he so grabs our hearts. We're moving forward in the grace of God. How many believe that's available to us this morning? So let's stand on our feet. Let's just respond to Jesus, to his amazing love, to his amazing presence. And I just, I don't want to fill your prayer with my word. So just spend 10, 15, 30 seconds. Just talk to the Lord. Just something, again, here's like the summary slide if you need a prompt to pray about Lord, I want to grow in power, and the Holy Spirit's like, okay, let's go on a journey of growing in prayer. Lord, I, I, I've been that person that resonates with so much, but I'm not willing to obey it yet, and the Holy Spirit, help me to obey the next prompting. Help me to obey. Help me to obey. Put it into practice. Say, Lord, I feel, I feel distant. Just say, Father, shed shed the love of your son abroad into my heart by the Spirit, Romans 5.5. And maybe right now you're facing a situation that you need to pray, 2 Corinthians 5.16. You've been viewing it through a worldly point of view. Just say right now, Holy Spirit, give me new lenses to view that person, to, to view that scenario or situation. Let me see it through kingdom lenses. And even now, if, maybe if you're carrying something, just offload that, cast that anxiety, cast that care upon the Lord. And I just, I know we, we sort of always land here, but that just say, Father, fill me with your power. The disciples who are baptized and filled in Acts 2, they're filled again in Acts 4, 29 through 32. And then he says in Acts 5, 32 through 34, he gives the spirit to those who obey him. You're not a one and done believer. We need infilling. We need encouragement. We need ongoing infilling and empowerment. So just say, Holy Spirit, fill me for the journey today. Fill me for the assignment today to be an on earth as it is in heaven disciple. Yeah. And then maybe my last little prayer prompt is to say, Father, teach us to pray like your son prayed. (laughs) I'm sorry, like your son prays, because he lives right now. Hebrews 7, 25. He lives to intercede. Come on, somebody say amen. He lives to intercede right now. Who is he who condemns? No one, Romans 8, and 34. Jesus lives to intercede right now. Nothing can separate us from his love because there's an intercessor. There's an advocate with the Father, 1 John 2, 1 through 3. His name is Jesus. He stands there at the right hand of the majesty and he stands there for us, beloved. And so just say, Father, teach us to pray like your son prays. How to connect with you and commune with you. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name, and we all said an amen.